1: How often do you wake up in the morning and wonder, how can we save money on our many insurance policies, health, workers' comp, general liability? There has to be a better answer than just having an agent come in and rebid all of our policies. To answer that question, Wesley Sirk. Wesley, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. So this uh, this is an interesting topic today because... Uh, You know, most people would say that the answer to uh, reducing the cost is just to get a lower price. And that's, uh, you know, and you're not about a lower price. You're about a, you know, when everybody else is turning to the right, working on getting a lower price, you're turning left, doing a whole different strategy. So, you know, tell us what you're thinking about, how insurances work in your world. And this is a this is a little higher level than most people uh, have probably ever gone with insurance. And and we're going to go there because. Uh, I know that the executives who listen
2: to our our, our show will get a lot of value. So um, where are we going here today? Yeah, well, I mean, our business is different than a lot of insurance agents in that we're not in the business of selling insurance. We're in the business of creating insurance companies for businesses. So instead of them going out to the AIGs, Liberty, Zurichs, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, you name it, of the world, and trying to get a lower price, they actually become their own insurance company. So they can pay premiums from their company over to their own insurance company. And then we put in layers of reinsurance to make sure that in in the event that there's something catastrophic, that they're going to be covered. But instead of paying all of the fees and expenses and overhead and commissions and everything else that goes into buying a traditional policy, you can it, it's really your own insurance company with your own bespoke coverages that's going to cover your exact risk that you have in your business.
1: The the reinsurance answers the first really big question that I had is, you know, I mean, how how much do you have to have in place in order to, you know, cover the risks that you that you have in your business? But if you got reinsurance, it it doesn't have to be that much. I mean, then you then you can limit those numbers. I totally get that. Well, and let's talk about reinsurance just because not everybody knows what that means. Um, You know, reinsurance is kind of like wholesale insurance. Right. Is that is that a way of putting it?
2: Yeah, it's it's insurance for insurance companies. So instead of insurance companies taking on all the risk, there's companies all over the world, reinsurance companies that say, we want to take above a certain amount. We want to take above $250,000 per claim. We don't want to do individual claims. We just want to say when your total claims exceed a million dollars, then we're on the hook. And then the the art of it is getting three or four or five reinsurance companies to all play together and then they're all sharing the risk. So maybe one takes the first million up to 5 million, one takes 5 million to 25 million. So in the in the same way that you layer your excess policies in the traditional market, you you can layer reinsurance. Or you can do quota share so you get five companies that say, you know what, we're each taking 20% of any claim over a million dollars.
1: You know, I don't think a lot of people understand uh, how commonplace this is in the United States that uh, that companies share risks of different kinds. So, for example, uh, if a bank wants to make a loan to United Airlines for $5 billion so they can buy airplanes, uh, no single bank takes all that risk by themselves. They syndicate that loan. So. Uh, The bank that gets the deal may, you know, they may get a special commission for landing the deal uh, and then they'll get nine other banks. And so the 10 banks all together each take 500 million and they spread it across. So nobody gets hurt extra bad. And then, by the way, they're participating in everybody else's deal. So that's how your business works too the same exact way that uh, they're all they're all insuring and reinsuring each other. Right. So it's almost like the policy. Let's say your policy is a million dollars. That becomes a deductible for the reinsurance company.
2: Correct. Exactly. And we go a step further with with many of our with with we have a lot of captive insurance companies that we run. And, you know, I'll take business interruption with COVID. Now, insurance premiums have been going up. Many insurance, traditional insurance companies were denying COVID and are denying covid but our captive insurance companies we've covered business interruption risk including bacterial and viral events since 2015 with SARS and mers so we've had that included so so far as of right now we our insurance companies are i think we've paid out over 50 million dollars in Business interruption claims, and the great thing is, is because they've been doing it a while. But they, all the captive insurance companies share risk. So we use a fifty percent quota. So if somebody's policy is a million dollars, so they're taking the first million where reinsurance attaches. They also have the ability to to spread all their risk of that million dollars. So let's say there's a two hundred thousand dollar claim. Well. Two hundred and fifty other companies share their pro rata share of one hundred and twenty-five thousand, and then the captive takes one hundred and twenty-five on a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars claim. So you have also the added protection of other companies which are sharing risk amongst each other.
1: Yeah, this is this is a pretty sophisticated strategy. Let, let's cut to the chase first, and then we'll kind of work backwards to some of this other stuff. What's the break even on this sort of thing? In other words, at what point does somebody say uh, I'm I'm better off to just have my agent write a policy and I'm now big enough that it's worth it to explore this new deal? Because I've I've heard that there are tax angles. I mean, I've heard a lot of different things about this. When does somebody start leaning toward doing this uh, this captive thing?
2: Great question. So there's a lot of insurance out there that's relatively inexpensive. And I would say all day long, you should be buying that coverage from the traditional market. So we have a, a big family office and we have a captive for their business operation, but they also own four Falcon 2000 jets. And each of those jets are about, call them, depending on the year, for four million to eight million dollars. Well, let's just say the jet's five million dollars." So they came to us and said, "Hey, we're tired of buying this jet insurance, so we want to go out and we want to write that inside of our captive." And when we went through it, we showed them I mean their, their jet insurance was only 45 to 60,000 dollars, depending on the plane. So why would you risk five million dollars in a claim instead of paying that 40 or 50 or 60,000 dollars? So you really have to look at all your insurance policies. And and that's really where we specialize is going through all the policies that you have. And so wait, saying, so wait.
1: So so let's finish this family office. So yeah. So they're better off to to in the end to pay forty or fifty thousand dollars in premiums to cover their airplane. Okay. Correct. What would it have cost to self-insure or and and, and self insurance is different than captive insurance i imagine they're not
2: the same right correct the the difference self insurance so anybody can self insure any business and many businesses do they they decide that they're going to self insure by just not buying insurance so they're taking on the risk if an insurance policy is too expensive then they could say you know what we're not we're not going to buy this policy we're just going to take that risk ourselves now If when you take the risk, you may create a sinking fund in your business for that potential claim. So, I mean, it could be as simple as warranty reserves that a company puts on their books instead of issuing a warranty policy. But you only get a deduction for that money when you have a claim. So if you if you if they decided, you know what, we're going to put away half a million a year to cover the potential losses on our jet then that half a million isn't deductible. Now, if they had a claim, they could deduct some of that premium uh, or they could deduct the claim. But for the most part, that money is just, it's taxable inside the business. And many of the businesses we're dealing with are LLCs or corporations. So there's a pass-through. So if they left an extra half a million dollars in the business, the IRS says, that's great. You can do that all day long, but you're going to pay federal taxes on them, half a million dollars. And if you're in California, you pay state taxes or any other state.
1: Whereas- Because because effectively what's happened is that they just put earnings into a savings account correct, for for a rainy day in the future. That's all they really did.
2: Yep. But if you're your own insurance company and these have to be licensed, regulated, You know, There's actuary reports, there's audited financial statements for the insurance company. There's a lot of pieces. But if you have your own insurance company, you can pay that half a million dollars to your own insurance company. You you deduct it from the business. And under current tax law, the great thing is insurance companies aren't taxed on their underwriting profit. They're They're taxed on their realized investment earnings. So let's say that you took half a million dollars. Deducted it into your own insurance company. And you put that in a savings account that gave you 1%. Well, 1% of $500,000 is $5,000. So you would pay corporate taxes, C Corp, because they have to be C Corps or LLCs taxed to C Corps. So you would pay 21% federal rate on that $5,000 that you. So about a thousand
1: bucks total. Yeah. As as opposed to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the rate was, if it was passed through as uh, in an LLC.
2: Correct. Exactly. So that's where the and then they don't pay state taxes. They pay a a premium tax in the state that they uh, that their insurance company is.
1: So so back to the question of break even, you know, if if 45 or 50,000 in premiums uh, is does not make it worth it. What makes it worth it? At what point is it worth it for, for one of our listeners to say, this is something that we ought to consider? Because then, then the board of directors has to take it up and it's a pretty big initiative you know, for a company.
2: Yeah, I would say, I mean, a, a rough rule of thumb is above $500,000 a year in premium, but that's health insurance, workers comp, general liability. I mean, it's it's not... When when we did our first captive back in 2002, business premiums weren't high, so you're really dealing with you know the upper upper middle market companies. But now with the with the rising cost of medical insurance, so just I mean the national average is ten thousand dollars per employee for medical. So half a million dollars is fifty employees california it's thirteen thousand dollars is the average cost for employees, so you know that's it it works well so if you have fifty employees on medical if you've got workers comp your general liability let's say you're a trucking company and you're paying you know three four five hundred thousand dollars uh, then I would say it definitely makes sense to at least look at but Part of that analysis that we have to do is what are your claims so if you paid a million you pay a million your listeners pay a million dollars a year in premium, but their claims are eight hundred and fifty or nine hundred thousand dollars it doesn't make sense you're better off staying in the traditional market because the reinsurers are still going to want some money for doing that uh, for taking some of that risk now. If you are like most businesses, you pay the million dollars in premium and your claims are in the 22 to 30 percent range. So many business owners, if they're paying a million dollars a year, the insurance company's paying out three hundred thousand dollars or less. That's when it, it you know, these things scream. They're they're great deals.
1: There's still there's still cost to it. I mean, you're you're a third party administrator, so they got you got to have oversight. And there's probably up, some upfront stuff because you have to get licensed and all the other things that have to happen. Yep. And then there's the reinsurance. I mean, so there still are costs to doing it. So um, you pay your own. You, now you pay your own company and, and you're you're saving. What exactly are you saving and, and how much is the savings? Is it a nominal
2: amount? Is it a pretty generous amount? I mean, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, on medical insurance, uh, medical insurance, we found to be 25 to 30% savings in the first year. And that has to do with the structural inefficiencies of health insurance. And this isn't a Republican or a Democrat thing, but when the Affordable Care Act was was passed, they said insurance companies, health insurance companies have to pay out 80% 80% of the premiums they receive have to be paid out in medical medical claims. Well, when it passed, I don't know if you remember, but all these people are like, doctors are going to go out of business. Hospitals are going to go out of business. Everyone's going to leave because no one's going to be able to afford it um, to stay in business. Well, that actually hasn't come true because the health insurance companies are smart. Now, the year they passed it, the year they passed the affordable care act let's use united healthcare as an example united healthcare did 110 billion dollars in premium for medical across the country they paid out about 60 billion dollars in in claims now when they passed the affordable care act the congress said this is great because if they have to pay out if if they can They have to pay out 80% of what they take in premium out of medical claims, then that means they'll be limited to $72 million in premium. So the healthcare will drop from $110 billion to $72 billion. That was their thinking in all of this. But what they failed to realize are these insurance companies are publicly traded companies. So they have to pay dividends to their shareholders. They have some operating costs. Well, if you have to pay out, if, if you're living on 20% and you need to make money in order to pay claim, in order to pay out a dividend and run your business and everything else, the only way you can do that is by paying out more and more and more to the doctors and hospitals. So when they pay out more money, that allows them to charge more. <laughs> so what? when it passed, it, the average health, the average reimbursement rate, was a little less than 200% of Medicare, which seems high. But since the passing of the Affordable Care Act, the, the average cost that these insurance companies are paying doctors, hospitals, MRIs, you name it, is over 600% of Medicare now. So there, and what makes it worse, and Cigna's in the middle of a class action lawsuit right now, is they started buying up medical facilities, testing facilities, MRIs. So now they overpay to their own medical facilities. So, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't think anybody understood what they were passing when they passed it. There was a great article in the New York times a couple of weeks back uh, that said, you know, the numbers that the hospitals don't want you to know that was basically the title of it. And it goes through how much insurance comp, how much, hospitals are charging MRI facilities are charging compared to what they're charging for Medicare. So it's just fascinating, you know, and that's the part I love. I I love digging deep to figure out where are the cost savings for business owners.
1: So let me, so let me ask, so um, I don't want to stay too long on health insurance, but just this one question Um, when you go buy health insurance, they say, okay, you get these network of doctors. When you set up your own company, do you get a network of doctors or, or, you know, I mean, I mean, because insurance is a business and, and these business owners that set up these captive things, they don't really want to run it as a business. They kind of want to run it uh, because they get a benefit from it because, but not because they want to be in the insurance business. So who sets up the networks and what, how does that all happen?
2: Well, they can go a couple different routes. So many, many clients and probably many of your listeners, their companies may be self-insured. But what they do is they go out and they get a network of doctors. So they may be part of the Cigna network or Blue Cross or United. So they'll pay them, the Blue Cross is United, they'll pay them a per per employee per month charge to, to access their network. And, you know, that charge may be $15 per employee per month to $25 per employee per month. The problem now is the doctors, are they get paid in the same schedule, whether they're part of the fully insured or self-insured. So when you, when you contract with those companies, there's many times where you're actually overpaying the doctors. So we've, we go a different route. And we do reference-based pricing. And the reference is Medicare. So we'll design a plan and basically say, you can go to any doctor, any hospital, anything you want. Now, hospitals and surgeries, they have to be pre-negotiated, but they they have to anyway. Um, but in those cases, we basically say we're paying 35% of Medicare. And in some situations, they'll say, no, I don't want to do that. I won't take it. You know, we'll do 40% and we'll do 50%. But I'll give you a perfect example. So I hurt my elbow and I needed to get an MRI. So I was in Palm Desert at our house there, and I was going to see an orthopedic surgeon the the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So Friday, I I called up the MRI facility, and they said, in Palm Desert or La Quinta, let me see what happened. Well, we have Cigna, so they approved it, and I called up, and the MRI facility. And they're like, yeah, you know, we, we are approved for your MRI. And since you still have a deductible, it's going to be $1,200. And then you you'll have a little bit, you know, of your co-insurance, but we have to get, wait for written approval from Cigna, which could take five to seven days. I'm like, I need it next Tuesday. And they're like, yeah, that's this. And I said, let's pretend I don't have insurance. So they were charging $3,500 for the elbow MRI. And that's because that's what uh, Cigna was going to charge. I said, let's pretend I don't have insurance and I want to come out, come in there and, and pay cash. And they're like, cash or like Amex or credit card? I said, no, cash, cash. And they said, oh, if you pay cash, cash, we'll charge you $400 and you can come in tomorrow morning. So if I did it, if I if I just went through my health insurance, I was going to pay a twelve hundred dollar copay and then have some of the some other amount of money I'd have to pay versus just giving them the four hundred. And then I bill it. And that we do that this all over the country.
1: So so help us understand what's what's really going on. Why why is there such disparity of pricing? Why is there so much inflation of this uh, of these bills? What's real, who's keeping the money?
2: You know, where is it going? What's what's really happening? Well, I mean, the insurance companies can't keep the money; they're 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 paying it out to the MRI facilities and the hospitals and the other things. But there's backdoor deals, and the insurance companies own many of these MRI facilities and testing facilities and labs and things like that. So they're overpaying for these, all these services, because they can then justify increasing premiums on the back end.
1: You know, this is the sort of thing that, uh, that upsets consumers, you know, because we end up, uh, you know, in the middle of this whole thing. But anyway, back to the captive thing, uh, it, it seems like there are probably a lot of holes in the system that this sort of thing will take advantage of and then they can pass some of those savings along to the employees of their of their organization right i mean so the company saves money on the premiums uh the employees potentially save something on their copays and everything else and and everybody wins and it seems like it's probably a, a frequently a pretty good deal
2: yeah if they have copays at all we have a client in that has employees in 42 states they're headquartered here in anaheim and 250 employees on the plan. And they saved so much money the first year that they came back and they're like, well, you know, what do we do with this money? And I'm like, well, why don't we get rid of copays? they are like, oh, we could never do that. We'll, we'll go broke. I'm like, how much do you think your copays, your employees' copays were last year? And they're like, I don't know, $100,000. And I said, no, it was $8,700. So that was 2000. 18 so because of the plan design now the employees don't have any copays they also don't have any copay on any maintenance medication so anything for cholesterol or heart or diabetes or any of those those are all free where before they had a 10 dollar copay and they they've just given the employees better and better and better coverage every single year with their cost savings so yeah. normally, when their when their medical inflation rate goes like this, there's they bent the curve down. I mean, it's it it's been a huge success, not just for them, but many different companies.
1: And when you stop and think about an employee retention tool, that that's a pretty great retention tool, correct? You know what you you're st- talking about. That is a pretty spectacular benefit that uh, that that is probably unheard of, really.
2: So, yeah. what uh,
1: what kinds of companies are doing this? Are these service companies,
2: manufacturing companies? Does it make any difference? Uh, not really. I mean, we have we have manufacturing companies where where they're providing um, health insurance. If they're manufacturing, workers' comp is probably a pretty large expense for them, so they're covering their workers' comp. They also can cover their product liability, product recall. Um administrative actions, let's say you build XYZ product and the government comes back and says, no, you have to change it or you have to have a recall because something is wrong. Um, and it's just an unnamed bureaucrat that says it's wrong and you have to redesign it. Well, that's covered under the insurance policy, business interruption. Uh, we have a lot of manufacturers have changed in, as a marketing tool. They've added a formal warranty program in the form of insurance. So if you're going to buy two, if if you look at products as commodities, you know, the chairs that are behind you, if a company sells one chair and another company does the same chair with the same price, but they say, oh, we're giving you a three-year warranty on this, on these chairs. And it's a formal written warranty. Now that's something that they use as a marketing tool. Uh, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of examples that we can use. So service businesses, uh, CPA firms, uh, you know, law firms—they have large deductibles on their professional liability, and you know that reinsurance is cheap for them. For for those type of industries, we have a lot of home healthcare we have a lot of um construction so we have offices in also in New York and Hawaii but our office in New York primarily does construction and home healthcare and home healthcare staffing is 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 very large and they have large 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 expenses
1: so what what's the uh... How much risk does somebody have to bear in this deal? In other words, do they say my premiums are a million dollars, so I'll take up to a million dollars and, and then we'll buy reinsurance on top. Or do they go to 2 million? Or how do you set
2: those uh, risk tolerances? Uh, a lot of time it's it's dealing with the reinsurance companies and figuring out how low will they go as far as the level and the premiums. Because what you'll find is when you're dealing with a reinsurance company, there's there's oftentimes where you start trading dollars, so they'll take on an extra fifty thousand dollars in risk, but they'll charge you fifty thousand dollars for that. That's when you know you've gotten it as efficient as possible. Right, you're all the way you're all the way at the bottom at that point. Yeah, so it's it's it, it's just like a a rheostat or potentiometer where you're just dialing things up and down, and you may take because of and and, and it's holistic. Um, View. If you talk about medical insurance, you know, there aren't a lot of claims. There's the whole 80 20 principle where you 80% of your client, 20% of your clients make you 80% of your money. So I always thought that that 80 20 would be with health insurance also, and that 20% of your employees would cost you 80% of your claims. And it's really like 97.3. 3% of your employees amount for 97% of your claims. So you figure out what are those claims and then design the reinsurance so you're trying to sell that the reinsurer isn't going to have any claims. Now, if you use employee um, employment practices and liability, EPLI, well, we know that if you're in California with any PAGA claims or anything else, I mean the, the the legal bills are going to be $100,000 and you're probably going to be paying a quarter of a million dollars out in those claims. So on those we'll set the reinsurance at 350. So the captive is taking the first 350 of that before we attach to the reinsurance. Because if we came in and said, well, let's get reinsurance at $25,000. Well, that's going to be Two hundred. It's going to be three hundred thousand dollars because they know if you get a claim, there's a certain there's a minimum level that has to be paid on those claims, and and that's where it just designing these programs um, comes in. But a lot of times we we put an aggregate stop loss on it. So let's say all of your insurances were a total of a million dollars in premium, then we'll say you're taking the first twenty five for medical, or you're taking a hundred thousand for workers' comp, but we put in uh, an aggregate over the whole thing that says once you've paid out one point one million dollars total, that the insurance company is off the hook.
1: Yeah, you know this is this is a fascinating discussion, and it's uh, it never ceases to amaze me. Uh, you know, to that uh, that there's always another way to skin the cat, and we're always looking for the inside track. I mean, you've got the inside track on on a different way of 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 providing insurance Uh, you know everybody's uh you know looking to the right trying to save money with a new agent new broker a new this a new policy a new who knows what they're going online tapping out their stuff and you go to the left with a totally different strategy and 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 i just think that's just uh, extraordinary so um wesley you're you're uh you're you're quite skilled in this and, and i appreciate you sharing what you know and uh, you know, telling our listeners what, uh, what might work for them, And, and hopefully he'll bring a few new ideas to everybody. And, uh, and if you want, uh, you know, stay, uh, Wesley's contact info is going to be in our show notes and you guys are all welcome to reconnect. So, uh, Wesley, thank you so much for being on the show. What a, what a pleasure to have you and to discuss these topics with you.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Joel. I
1: enjoyed it. Well, it was awesome. Thank you very much, man. We'll, Thanks. uh, we'll certainly stay in touch. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com.
0: Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.